Hello and welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast, where we are all about cultivating consciousness in the digital age. Let's get going. Welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast with me, your host, Sebastian Sloven. Super excited for today's episode. You know, at Nature Unplugged, we're all about wellness in the digital age. And a big part of wellness is movement, right? Uh, and we know that with the rise of screen time and tech use, with that often comes more sitting and more sedentary lifestyle. So movement is key. And running is one of the simplest and most accessible ways uh, to get wonderful movement. <laughs> but Here's the thing about running. If you're anything like me, you know, the upside is uh, easy way to get movement, minimal gear, minimal hassle. The downside is, is that running can totally suck at times. Uh, now, at least that's how I used to feel about it. And um, yeah, I'm curious to hear, you know, everyone's uh, relationship with running. But I'm super pumped for, for the opportunity today to speak with Lisa Jung, author of her latest book, Running That Doesn't Suck. We're going to explore Lisa's favorite tips and practices around changing your relationship with running, even if you think you hate it. So Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And I just want to, um, before we get into it, I'm going to read your bio so people have some context and okay. your background. So uh, writer, editor, and author Lisa Jung has written two books on running, Trailhead, The Dirt on All Things Trail Running, and her most recent, Running That Doesn't Suck, How to Love Running, Even If You Think You Hate It. She's been writing about running and other outdoor adventure, outdoor adventure and endurance sports for almost 20 years. She's been the editor at Trail Runner Magazine, a contributing editor to Runner's World, a special projects editor to Backpacker, and now manages the trail running content for Podium Runner and Women's Running. She also regularly contributes to Outside Magazine and others. She's based in Boulder, Colorado, where she runs mountain trails that fell in love with running for real, on the beaches of Del Mar, California, where she grew up, in Santa Barbara, where she went to college. Awesome. Hmm. That's great, Lisa. Well, yeah, thanks so much for being on. I'm pumped to get into this. Uh, I would love to start with just hearing, you know, just a little bit more about your background. We got a little bit of it there, but just hearing sure. kind of more about where you grew up and your, your upbringing. Yeah, so I grew up in North County, San Diego, sort of where Del Mar, Solana Beach, and Rancho Santa Fe, Santa Fe converge. Yeah. Um, I did not run as a kid except for like elementary school track meets and whatnot, but, um, I was a soccer playing, beach going, <laughs> tennis playing, um, kid in San Diego. I'm sorry for the ding. That's now. okay. Um, yeah. And so I was like playing ball sports and running around North County, San Diego and spending as much time as possible on the beach. I'd have my mom dropped me off with a friend in the morning and picked me up at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a beach kid through and through, but now I live in Colorado and I'm in the mountains, but that was my upbringing. Um, my dad was uh, Korean born. My mom is um, Irish, English, Scottish, but my dad was my soccer coach. And okay. um, yeah, I, I had a great upbringing in, in San Diego. That's awesome. And and I'm curious how, 
you know, how, talk a little bit about this transition from like ball sports. Cause I really identify with that. I played soccer, was really into that. Uh, how did you kind of transfer that to your love of running? So I was, um, through high school, I played volleyball and soccer, and then I was on the track team, but I was a jumper. I was like a high jumper, long jumper, occasional sprinter, but I just hated running so much that I'd hide behind the high jump mats during the two lap warm up <laughs> at track <laughs> practice. Like yeah. I run a quarter lap and then like duck behind the big foam pit, you know, <laughs> and for like until the whole team came around. I think it was probably me and a friend like yeah. being sneaky or we'd be late. We'd be late all the time. So we didn't have to run the two laps. Um, that's how much I hated actual running. Yeah. Um, but then I wanted to walk on to the volleyball team at UCS. B where I was going to school and I knew we had to run a timed mile. Okay. So right. I, I had to start running more than a hundred yard dash, you know? Um, and I just that summer dedicated myself to start running and I went to the beach because I loved the beach. And I knew that even if the running sucked, which it did for a while, that I would at least be somewhere I loved to be. Um, and that worked out. I mean, I, the first few runs, I don't even think I ran down on the hard pack. I think I was running in the soft sand and was like, couldn't even make it to a lifeguard tower two blocks away, you know? Yeah. But then that summer, it just progressed. And there was one um, run where it just kind of clicked and it was probably a few weeks in, or I don't remember exactly how many runs in, but I just, every time we go further and further. And then I remember the feeling of like, oh, you know, it just clicked. And um, I think the sun was going down. I was like, okay, get to that pile of seaweed before the sun goes fully, you know, under the horizon. And yeah. And from that point on, I just, I really, I did really love running. Like, believe it or not, I went from someone who hated running to someone who loved running. And then at, at college, when I walked onto the team, I mean, she was nice enough to not cut us walk-ons, <laughs> but yeah. it was like division one, you know, like I was in way over my head for the volleyball part, but these time right. miles I ended up being pretty good at. <laughs> um, and so when I walked off the team after like sitting on the bench for a year and juggling volleyballs on the sideline, I quit volleyball and then kept running. Cause I had like afternoons and it was like, well, now what do I do? You know, I've been a ball sports athlete my whole life. And like, you just all of a sudden have this free time and this hole to fill but I kept running and I, luckily I was in Santa Barbara and I had like, again, beaches and trails and free time and all this stuff to continue running. And then that just evolved into triathlons and that involved into adventure racing. And then however many decades later, I'm still running and I still enjoy it. That's so cool. Yeah. That's a, it's like such a, such an awesome story because I think, you know, like me, and I think if you're listening to this out there, like I think most people probably have a challenging relationship with running or some sort, you know, it's not been just the smooth road. There's some people I'm sure that just automatically lock into it, but I think a lot of people uh, struggle with it. And it's sort of, sure. it's really cool to hear that, that story. And I'm, I want to kind of jump into the book, uh, Running That Doesn't Suck. And it's a really great book. So highly recommend it. We'll link to it in the, in the show notes and everything like that. But um you know, you've been, you've been obviously running for a long time, writing about running and fitness for a long time, but what inspired you to write, write this book, this particular book? Um, so I had written Trailhead, my first book, like about trail running in 2015. And then I was thinking about a next book to write. And honestly, just from talking to people 
for years and interviewing different people, but not even interviewing people like in my work, but just talking to regular people in my daily life from like a friend of a friend or a cousin or like, you know, family members, whatever. Like there's so many people who say the words like, oh, I wish I could run or they point to their bodies and like, oh, this can't run or I only want to lose pace, you know? Yeah. But um, there was a few conversations that really sort of inspired me to pursue this specific book. And one of them was with my hairdresser, like the woman who <laughs> had been cutting my hair for years um, yeah. said to me once like, oh, I've, I've had dreams about running, but I just don't think I can do it, you know? And she's like, in my dream, I'm so happy but I just, I just can't do it. And she was one of those people who would like point to herself and be like, oh, I can't, you know, and be like, you can, like, if there's something in you that wants to, there is a right. way right. you can. And so she and I actually went out and did a couple like run walks and now she runs all these five Ks. She's actually quoted in my book because she totally inspired um, just the, the idea of it. Um, and then there was another, I had started doing CrossFit um, okay. shortly after my first book came out and there's all these super fit people in there. And then there's a running workout day and they all hate it or they don't, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. About sure. it. But I would be like, look, if the only running you're doing is around a parking lot at, at the, as fast as you can go, of course you're going to hate it. Like that's right. not like, the only way to run. There's all these like, just like so many different ways in. Um, and so just talking to different people and hearing people's reasons for not wanting to run or just the negative associations they had with running. And I just got kept talking to more and more people and realized that there was a need for this book that admitted running sucks for most people, you know, but then there's answers to those, to the reasons there's like ways around it or just, I guess, solutions to the complaints. I just wanted to write a solutions based book for those people and make it kind of break it down and make it more accessible and less daunting and, just acknowledge that there are different ways into running than most people, um, I guess, think of, right? It just seemed like what yeah. I had to say at the time. Like, it's just after years of writing about it and talking to people and doing the sport, um, it, it's really what I had to say. Yeah, no, it's it's really, really great. And I think it's so needed right now. I mean, for, for a lot of reasons, but I, I think what I love about your book too, is that just like you said, it's, you know, you're, you're, it's not just one way to do it. It's not like if you want to run, run this particular way. And it's like, there's so many options and it opened my eyes to ways to get into it that I hadn't even thought about. And I think, you know, just also with the, with pandemic and social distancing, it's like for the last several months, at least where I am running was for a while, the only option. I think so such an important time for, for this book that is, it's such an easy entry point into running if it's something you're interested in doing. So it's really, really cool. Have you seen the kind of like a, We've found a lot of people being interested in it right now because of sort of restrictions yeah, on other stuff. It is interesting. I just, I guess on the media side, like getting more requests for interviews and things, um, which has been awesome. You yeah. know, I, I want more and more people to find running just so it makes them feel good, you know, and, and have some, especially when the whole pandemic started, like not being able to get out of your house unless you were exercising. It was like the right. only way you could. And there's so <laughs> many people who, just didn't know how to start. And so I, w- I just in the beginning felt compelled to like make the, I don't like to call it a training chapter, but there's a chapter in the book that breaks down sort of how to get started, you know, right. based on what level you're at. But um, I asked my publisher if we could make that chapter 
free and we did. And I posted it on my website because I just wanted to be able to like give people the tools they needed to get out of their stinking houses and like move, you know, and like, it doesn't mean you have to follow like a couch to 5k training plan. I think those work for a lot of people, but my book is different in that uh, it's not a strict training plan. I don't even call it training. It's like the how to love running chapter. I think what I call it because there's just so many different approaches into starting that um, cater to different personalities because we're all different, right? And we all have just different things that interest us and different times of the day that work for us. And if you, you got to listen to your body. I mean, I just try to make it like a personal approach for every individual. Um, so yes, I guess to answer your question, <laughs> um, I have seen interest more since the pandemic. Um, and it's an unfortunate reason right. for there to be more interest, but, um, yeah, I just, I hope people can find my book and find value in it, especially right now, because we all need something. Absolutely. <laughs> we all need help. In yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I want to, we'll talk about this at the end, but I want to just, you mentioned that chapter available on your website. Can you tell us what, what is your website? Where, where can people find that? It's just my name. It's lisajung.com. And there's um, a books tab along the top and on that tab you can there's a pdf but there's also like a scrollable version oh cool yeah okay awesome awesome i'm curious um uh you know for people listening out there that are maybe who i know it's uh, for maybe who haven't run and they're they're getting inspired or haven't been runners or who have been into it and then haven't been running recently you know what are what are some of your your favorite tips on just like people that want to step back into it um i think taking a good look at yourself uh, and your personality and figuring out what kind of running suits you, um, is a key tip. Yeah. I, um, while I was researching it, there's this young guy, a coach at the CrossFit gym who was telling me like, we'd have running workouts and I'd always be happy and he'd always be complaining. Right. And <laughs> super fit, like could totally kick my ass. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I kept saying to him, like, go running on a trail, go running on a trail. And then he did, and he still didn't like it. And then he, on his own, found that being at the track and running sprints with his against his friend in a competitive way was what made him actually fall in love with it. So that was uh. kind of happening to me in that, like, not trails are not the answer for everyone. It's the answer for me. It's, like, my favorite form. But um, he was a ball sports athlete he was you know a tennis player was used to doing sprints and he's also super competitive and so for him the environment of a track and also the environment of being with someone else he was he's a social person was like what motivated him so I think it's important for people whether they're new to running or thinking about running or are just burnt on their own type of running to look at themselves and their personalities and look at what type of running might make them happy and there's some questions in the beginning. I did like a little quiz um, right. in the intro to sort of help people find that. But I think that's something that a lot of people don't do when they start running. They think it's one size fits all. They think right. it's get up at 5 a.m. and run and be all chipper about it and follow this training plan. And if you don't, you're not a runner. But that's that's not true. And I think another thing that's important is for people to be kind to themselves and not, um, there's so much negative talk, you know, about like, I'm not a runner. I only jog two miles. Like if you go outside or inside on a treadmill, even if you yeah. run a few steps, you're a runner and give yourself a break and like, be proud of yourself no matter what pace, what 
distance, what you look like, anything, you know, it's like, we don't need to be so judgy with ourselves. And the point is to find joy in it. And uh, there's lots of ways in. Right. Absolutely. And we were talking about this a little bit before, before the podcast that, you know, uh, running for someone could look, yeah, like, like you were talking about, like, being outdoors and being on a trail and, and, you know, kind of a mindful run in nature, which is something that I'm all about. Nature Unplugged is all about. And it's not, it's not the only way. Right. And so if, if it's going to a track or going to a treadmill or putting headphones on, it's like movement is wonderful regardless. And there's, there's so many different ways to do it. And so I think your book does such a great job of it. It really was eye opening to me about that. It's really cool. Yeah. I love it. And I, you kind of alluded to this, but for you, like, what's what's your ideal run? It's sort of the outdoor thing. Oh so, yeah, I mean, I I'm a nature driven person. <laughs> I need it, and so for yeah. me, running in the mountains is um, my happy place. Like, I'm going up tomorrow. I have the Indian Peaks not too far from where I live in Boulder, and okay. just like loading a little pack and getting in my car and driving 40 minutes to a trailhead, and then I get to run in these like gorgeous gorgeous trails with mountain lakes and like I'll pick a lake on a map and like run a mountain trail to it and then I can get up on the continental divide and be like overlooking all the Rockies and that's my favorite and it's not I mean it is not fast I'll stop and take pictures I splash lake water on my face sometimes I jump in you know I'm sometimes sometimes with a friend but like I just um that I just feel so grateful that um I can do that I love it, but I also still really love running on the beach. And so, um, just a nature based run for me, no headphones. The only time I run with headphones is, a, is if I'm on a treadmill for whatever yeah. reason, and then I cannot not have headphones. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, for me, it's a trail, trail running. And I also, I mean, the mountain runs I'll do early, I'll get up because I need a parking spot at the trailhead. But, um, during the week, I actually enjoy running at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. that's sort of how I started running um in high school and college was end of the day like right at dusk and so when I can pull that off now um I really like it <laughs> that's great yeah I love it I love it I love the nature stuff too and you know and there's other ways right it doesn't have to be there are totally other ways yes yeah. I mean some people you and I were talking about this a little bit but some people need headphones to even make it out the door and that's totally fine like I just that's how they are you know and that's fine or they need like the tech of a GPS to track their time and distance. Like my husband's that way. He needs the tech and he runs like the same four mile road loop and he wants to know his splits and all that. And like, that's what motivates him. And that's fine. It's not me. Right. <laughs> and sometimes I go, you're crazy, but I should not say that. I should be like, that's great, honey. <laughs> you know, and it is, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, this is just a testament to people are different, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's funny. I was actually just talking to Sonia, my partner before getting on and, and, um, it's I just, when you were saying that, I was just reflecting on this. She's the same way. She's like very, she loves the data, the steps and data driven walking with exercise in general. And I'm always kind of like pushing back on like, no, you got to just leave your devices. Right. And, uh, it is interesting, right? It's like, whatever you're into, like, why am I trying to dictate this particular deal? Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, and you may, you may, I think you may have alluded to this already, but any like really big insights that came from your research on this that I, you've been writing about running forever for a long time, but anything yeah. that like really surprised you when you researched the book? Well, it was more when I started working on it, just talking to more people and asking the question, like, do you run? And if, 
not, why not? And it's not that I think everybody should run, but I do feel like everybody who wants to run should run. You know, if there's like something in a person that makes them want to run and it's, you know, it's easy to be like making fun of runners. Like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not that person in short shorts or whatever. But anyway, I started talking to people and just the different um, reasons, I guess, was, I don't know about surprising, but it was eye-opening. Like we went to, um, there was some work dinner, but I was sitting across the table from a couple I didn't know. And it came up that I was working on this book and I asked the guy like, well, and he said, oh, I wish I could run. I wish I loved running, but I hate it. And I was like, why? And he's like, it's boring. So I was like, huh, you know, that's, that's a reason. And so that like all these different conversations sort of inspired chapters of the book. Yeah. Um, and was eye opening. Like, yeah, for some people it is boring, but he was running the same loop in his neighborhood all the time, you know? And so right. that, that one conversation inspired the um, sort of choose your own adventure chapter that I wrote that was right, like, right, right. cause you really can choose your own adventure. I mean, you can choose to do a neighborhood run and this is the sort of things you can encounter, but then you can, turn the page in your life and choose to run a trail or choose to go to the track or choose to do this or that, the other. And I think it's all like at our fingertips, what we do. And so I guess it, it just was eye-opening talking to people while I was researching it and finding out their reasons for not having a positive relationship with running and right. then um, sort of pulling from the years of research and interviewing and experience um, to, to find solutions for those reasons. Yeah. And so much of it is about mindset, right? Just the, just all the, the reasons why, you know, I can't, or someone else can't do something. It's right. Or like the negative connotations people have. Like another guy I talked to had had negative connotations with running because he was, uh, it was used as punishment, you know, in gym class, like punishment, like go, go run two laps. Or like he had also been overweight. And so the connotation he had with it was that it was something he did to lose weight but it didn't work and so he just had this negative relationship with it you know yeah it's that same person now like lives in Oregon and is like discovered trails and now loves it yeah it's so wild and yeah you you probably come across this before but you know I hear a lot of people when I talk about running which is not that often but is that just like the mindset that running is just bad for you like it's bad for knees bad for right you know you know I assume you hear that a bit but you know what's your I mean, I think there, I think it's legit that people, certain people have joints that are more sensitive to it. And I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt anyone if you do it right, because I don't know everybody's bodies and personal experiences, but I think there are ways. um, I mean, there's also studies that say that it's, it's good for you, right? right? It's good for like bone density and even joints. It's not, it's not the running that's, hurting people's knees and hips it's other things or sitting is worse than running right I mean yeah yeah. non-movement is worse than running but um I mean there are soft surfaces that and that's another reason why trail running works for me I actually have like a connective tissue disorder that like makes my joints pretty sensitive to being out of alignment and so like Mm. trails work better for me and like proper shoes are important for me and so, I mean, there's, there's, I have aches and pains, sure, but like I still, running still feels better than not running right. for me and my body. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's a big thing. People say, no, it's, it's bad for my knees, but it's been proven. And I don't remember the exact studies and what the, the findings were, but it's, there's 
<laughs> there's counter arguments to run to pointing every all the bad things at running. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> and there's definite sure. benefits that outweigh um, some of the things. But that said, I mean, I'm sure some people out there like legitimately do have needs that will not um, cooperate right. with them. But I think there's there's ways to help those issues. I just can't claim that shoes and soft surfaces solve everything for everyone. Right, right. But I think I think that's just super helpful. Is like you know, it doesn't have to look one particular way and there's so many options out there. Correct. I love it. Yeah. Well, um, we were talking about this a little bit before, but I'd love to, you know, we like to wrap up the podcast with a challenge for listeners to kind of put into practice right away. I think this, there's lots of tips and things that people can put into practice, but do you have like any, any particular challenge you'd like to share to our listeners to uh, maybe get going with running or, or, uh, you know, mix it yeah. up? Yeah. I mean, I think, for people who either are starting out or maybe they're burnt on their current running program or even, I mean, it's even good for people who aren't burnt and uh, just to mix things up, try something totally different. And that can look like if you always run with a watch, try leaving the watch at home, see how that goes. If you always run roads, try a trail. If you always run trails, try a track, you know, just mix it up a little bit. Or if you always run in the morning, try a midday or end of the day run. Um, if you always run by yourself, try running with a group. If you always run with a group, try running solo, like those types of things or yeah. headphones. Like if you always run with headphones, try not running with headphones and really like maybe listen to the birds or the sound of your footfall. I mean, that's what like I just crave that, like the sound of crunchy leaves under my feet or, you know, nature in some way, or even just the sound of my breath is like meditative in a way. Right. Um, but that's not to say I won't ever run with headphones. So I, I guess for people, like I said, who are just starting out or are burnt out or just have a bad relationship with running, I think trying to change those um, factors or those approaches can help people find, really find a way into running that they will love and crave. And that makes it more sustainable and makes it more of like a lifelong activity that they want to do, not like, I trained for this 5k and I did it. Now I'm over it. Cause I hated training. I hated waking up at five in the morning and there's right. now that I'm done. It's just right. makes it more like not one goal. It's more like, how can I incorporate this into my life in a way that I like it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. I love it. And like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can't believe it used to suck. Cause now I just like, I need it. And so I just think looking at those patterns and habits and all sorts of different factors and changing them can help people's relationship with running change. I love but, it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's as you're saying that too, it's so similar to you know, like education or school where if you're just studying to get through a test or cramming to get through an exam and you, your relationship with that subject maybe isn't the best. And it's kind of like, you know, charging forward for, for a particular goal versus like, what if you could get, what if you can get really in touch with what you want, what you love about this particular subject and kind of start there. And right. I think that's what you're doing is like developing this, this deeper love and passion for this activity that will stick with you for, you know, as long as yeah. you want. I mean, that's the goal. And it's all about like customizing it, you know, like customizing your running to suit you. And there's not one, I mean, we've said this before, but there's not one size fits all. And we customize so many things in our lives and we like personalize everything, but like 
for some reason, running has not been one of them. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's, that's sort of the point of the book is that it should be customizable and it, it should be a personal thing. And we need to look at ourselves and see what is going to work for us to, um, sort of foster this healthy relationship. And yeah, I agree with you about studying. It's like, if you want to learn something for the long run, it's not about the, the test. It's about learning it, you know? So, right. yeah. It's great. It's great. Well, I would, you know, well, first of all, thank you so much, Lisa, for, for taking the time to be on our podcast. Really appreciate it. And uh, I thank highly, you. highly recommend checking out her book, well, books, but Rain That Doesn't Suck is really what we've been talking about. Um, and Lisa, uh, where can people find out? I know you mentioned this already, but again, uh, where can people find out more about your work? And also where can people find the book? So my, I have a website. It's just Lisa Jung, J-H-U-N-G.com. Um, I try to update that as much as possible with stories <laughs> and articles that sort of fall behind on that. Um, I also on Instagram am Lisa Jung writes, um, okay. silly little name I made up a long time ago that I kept meaning to change and never did. Um, so I'm fairly somewhat active on Instagram and then my books, my book is listed on my website, but it's also, my publisher was running press. And so it okay. can be found there, but it's also on bookseller websites and in bookstores. Uh, if bookstores are open these days, but um, <laughs> right. it's sold, you know, at all the common book selling arenas. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. But awesome. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I love what you guys are doing with Nature Unplugged. I think it's just so important um, work. So thank you for including me. Yeah, Lisa, our pleasure. Thanks so much for being on. And, um, you know, we'll keep you posted. I'm going to, I'll keep you posted on how Sonia is next for reading the book and we'll keep you posted on how she, how she does with it. This is a awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. And thank you all for tuning into the nature employed podcast. Uh, you can find our episodes on Apple podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we'd love it if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate us on Apple podcasts. It helps us a ton. And be sure and check out www.natureunplugged.com for more information and resources. You can also find more detailed show notes on our website. That's a link to Lisa's website and her book and other articles that she's written there. Awesome. Well, until next time, uh, take care, get out there, try the challenge, and catch you next time. Bye. change like seasons out of our control if you think you should go i will let you go oh.